Sandy Storch is an author, speaker, consultant, coach, connector, and facilitator, specializing in helping people own their careers and do the best work of their lives. Andy's also the author of the book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And he hosts three podcasts, including the Talent Development Hot Seat, the Own Your Career Show, and My NFT Journey. Andy's the founder and host of the Talent Development Think Tank Conference and Community, and has a strong network of professionals and learning solutions to help people do the best work of their lives. He also works with companies to accelerate leadership development, strategy alignment, business acumen, and sales training, and coaches individuals to help them improve their performance and achieve their goals. Andy has worked with leaders across almost every industry and has seen the difference that experiential learning, practice, coaching, and accountability can make in improving overall performance. He has an MBA from the University of Southern California's Marshall School of Business, where he served as president of the MBA program in 2008, and he has a BS in information sciences from the University of Florida. I first met Andy about seven years ago at a conference in Charleston, South Carolina, and was just so impressed with his presence and the content of his presentation, and I'm proud to have him be part of our show today. So let's welcome Andy. Andy Storch, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I've really been looking forward to this conversation, and I'm really, really grateful for you carving out the time to uh, to join me today. My pleasure. We are enjoying a lovely uh, spring day here in central New York, and so spring for us is just about 50 or so degrees, bright and sunny, and the snow is starting to melt. How are things where you are? Oh, you know, that sounds pretty nice, actually. I, I live in uh, Orlando, Florida, as you know. It's usually sunny and warm. Uh, this past week, I was up in the Northeast with my family. We went to New York City and then Boston, and then we were visiting friends in Portland, Maine, where it was freezing cold for me, uh, and mostly in the low 30s and I think high 20s the day we left, and then uh, we flew home on Monday back to sunny Orlando. It was actually still pretty chilly. It was... Uh, High 40s, low 50s. And today it's probably in the 70s and then going back up to 80s this week. So we're nice and warm. My goodness. Well, it, 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 does, it doesn't sound like that's your first trip to Maine. Uh, that was my first trip to Maine. Was been it? In, been in New York a million times, Boston a couple times. We took the trip up to the train up to Maine because one of my best friends moved to Portland uh, last year from Tennessee and I had never been to Maine before. So I was excited to go visit. Yeah. What'd you think? I loved it. I mean, you know, we didn't get to, we didn't get outside of the Portland area really, but, uh, and we spent a lot of time just hanging with our friends, but we went to a couple islands and walked around. One of them we took a ferry to, and uh, that was kind of funny because we rushed to take this ferry to this island they had been wanting to visit. And then we got there and realized that most things were closed because it was just not the season, you know, for people to be taking a ferry to an island. It was 30 degrees out. Uh, but uh, we had a lot of fun. The, you know, the coast is just beautiful. And uh, I'm looking forward to going back sometime in the summer. Uh, fantastic. Well, you know, I, I, you don't know this, but my wife is from Southern Maine, just South of Portland. And so we, okay. we go back and forth, not that often, but occasionally. And I always find it just to be a really, really nice respite from kind of the hustle and bustle of other things that I have to deal with every day. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I think, uh, Maine is like, you know, one of the most sparsely populated States. I know there's a lot of room to roam out there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's the adventure state or something like that. Hmm. Sounds good. I like it. That's my, up my up my alley. I got to go back. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, I'm glad you had a nice trip. And, you know, what are some of the things that you are either currently working on or, or, or working toward that excite you? Yeah, there's always exciting things. Um, <laughs> so for me, like there's there's two parts to my business, the the like two sides of my business. One is in talent development. Uh, I see myself as a connector in that space for talent development professionals. And I have a podcast and a conference and a membership community uh, for those professionals. And so we've been working on uh, revamping our website and, and trying to grow that community and create more value there, um, kind of combining brands I've been putting together over the years. And then the other side of the business is in career development, where I do a lot of speaking and training. And I have been uh, revamping my training program, working with a, an old friend and colleague who has a new kind of SaaS platform, new software company he's launching to, to kind of make uh, trainings more interactive and engaging. And I've been uh, one of his first clients, sort of a guinea pig, working on that together. And that's been a lot of fun. And uh, so looking for ways to grow that brand and uh, find more clients, make more of an impact and, and uh, create better programs. That's been the exciting thing there. And then, you know, life, I've got a wife and two kids and we're always planning uh, future trips and vacations and thinking about where we want to move and uh, fun uh, adventures, that sort of thing. Uh, fantastic. So what, what's the next big adventure for the Storch family? Next big adventure. You know, actually, uh, funny enough, we're going to, we just got back from spring break. We're going to Disney World, to Magic Kingdom this Friday. And uh, a lot of people go there and you might think, hey, you guys live there. You probably go all the time. We really don't go very often. <laughs> uh, but a friend offered me a couple of tickets. I bought a couple more. I'm taking my mom and uh, we're going for the day on Friday and that will be exciting. And then my wife and I are going to Europe in April as a little uh, sort of anniversary trip and uh, see some people and I don't know, just take another fun vacation. Very nice. You know, our topic today is transformation, which is something really near and dear to my heart, as I know it is for you as well. I'm a little curious about, as you think about your life and your career and how it's unfolded, what has been the role of, of transformation in your work and in your life? Well, it's interesting. I think we all go through transformations. Um, I spent many, I, I tried many different things in my career before I figured out what I needed to be doing or wanted to be doing. And I know you were a coach, you've worked with lots of people and, you know, people take time to figure these things out. And sometimes they have those revelations at different points and realize like, oh, I actually don't really enjoy what I'm doing. I want to be doing <laughs> something different, right? Or I want to sure. be doubling down on this, whatever it may be. And uh, for me, uh, one small transformation happened uh, right after I graduated college when I discovered the idea of entrepreneurship, uh, something I had never heard of or knew anything about because there were none in my family. And um, I moved uh, with my then girlfriend, now wife. We met in college and we moved across the country from Florida to California and uh, with pretty much no money and, and very few plans. <laughs> and that was a big transformation. Um, tried my hand at, at some entrepreneurship, started companies, start, joined some startups. None of that worked out. Uh, then got into the corporate world and, you know, that was a big, you know, that was different. Uh, went back to school, got an MBA uh, and uh, got into consulting, which was uh, another pivot or transformation. 
in what I was doing. And we moved from LA to San Francisco and um, there were some big changes there and a huge like learning curve, but also just such a fun adventure. Um, and then I'd say in 2016, um, you know, other than I'll, I'll put aside having children, which is always a transformation for lots of people. <laughs> sure. <right? laughs> um, in 2016, I went through a major transformation because I discovered personal development essentially for the first time. Uh, for me, uh, that was uh, finding a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, which just changed my life. Uh, and I really dove into this world of personal development and self-discovery and started doing a lot of work on myself and learning and growth. And before that point, I felt like something was missing in my life. And I'm sure you've worked with people that, you know, have had this experience. Um, you know, everything on paper seemed good, right? I had a like six-figure consulting job and a family uh, and everything was fine, but I felt like something was missing. And what I realized after going through this transformation and really starting to get heavy into personal development and, and um, reflection was that I was missing growth. I just wasn't growing on a regular basis. Mm. And I really am the type of person that needs growth for fulfillment. And so once I really started diving into a lot of learning and growth, reading more, listening to podcasts, joining conferences or going to conferences, joining mastermind groups, hiring coaches, uh, all of those things, I realized that, uh, you know, I'm not that fulfilled in the career I'm in. I want to do something different. And I got the pull or felt pulled back towards entrepreneurship again, which was interesting. And so then I went on sort of a quest to discover, like, how can I figure out how to build a career as an entrepreneur? And as I got a few years into this and I'm building and learning all these things, uh, I realized I now have all the tools that that can help other people own their careers and figure out what they really want to do. Uh, whether it's entrepreneurship or something different. And that's, uh, you know, where I ended up writing the book in 2020, which is another transformation to become an author, speaker, and uh, and all the stuff I do today. Wow. What it, you know, so much of your journey really resonates with me. And, and I know that it will with the listeners as well. You know, it, it seems like there's been sort of almost equal parts transformation from the outside in, and transformation kind of from the inside out, if you will. It feels so part of that is, you know, you've done some traveling, made some decisions, some circumstances happened. But this other piece about your diving into professional or personal development, that space feels a lot like an internal kind of transformative experience. Mm. Does that resonate with you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it came from hearing, discovering things on the outside, but then I needed to make the decision to go inside, to go on this quest and to really start doing work on myself, which I think is one of the biggest things missing for a lot of people who, if they really want to own their careers and their lives is to to go inwards, right? And do that inner work as a friend of mine calls it uh, and, and start with self-reflection, self-assessment, you know, to sit in a quiet space and just think about, you know, who am I and, and what do I really want to do? with my career and my life. And I spent a lot of time in that, not, and, you know, not only in the quiet space, but, you know, joining, like I said, mastermind groups, going to conferences and just having a lot of these conversations and moving more and more towards the things that I love, figuring out my values and my strengths and trying to build a career and a life around that. And that's why I love so much what I'm doing now, because I spent so much time and effort uh, you know, figuring out what those things are and moving towards that. A lot, all of that is just going into the, you know, inside, right? Like you said, doing the inner work. Yeah, 
Absolutely. You know, that reminds me of when I was a in the chief human resources officer role, that would generate a lot of people coming to me about their career and having mm-hmm. conversations. And, you know, I would often ask people about their values, the, you know, the things that are important to them. And I would oftentimes kind of get this sideways look like I had three heads by, by <laughs> going there. But it sounds like that the your own values are part of what's helped shape where you are today. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think for all of us, right, our values yeah. shape who we are. Most people just don't realize, they don't do the work to realize what those values are and where they're coming from, right? Because I've, I've, I love studying philosophy and stoic, uh, you know, stoic wisdom and, and stuff like that. And you really dig into this stuff and you, you realize that we're all living by a set of rules. Uh, my wife, who studied all this stuff too, calls it our model, model of the world. We're always living by this set of rules and set of values, but they're very personal to us. And they've been developed over time based on you know, our upbringing, our parents, our peers, our colleagues, our friends, the news we watch, right? The people we hang out with, the, the city and region that we live in, uh, church, if you go there, um, you know, religious, all those things, right? You think about your political affiliations. These are all based on values that you live by, but not, other people don't necessarily live by those values. And when you start to realize that, you can get to know yourself and what's important to you. And also, hopefully, uh, show respect and and curiosity and empathy towards others who maybe live by different values. And you don't necessarily have to agree, but you can still get along. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. What a, what a powerful message, really. And not to put you on the spot too much here, but would you mind sharing what are, what are a, a couple of your top values as you kind of approach each day in the work that you do, what rises yeah. to the top is, is the values that you hold most dear? Sure. Yeah. And it's funny, a coincidence. Uh, I just did a little mini exercise on this today because as I mentioned, I run a community. Uh, I have a friend named Sarah Canistra who specifically works with uh, learning and development professionals to help them with their careers. And she ran a session for us in the community today. And, and she asked people to really think about their strengths, their skills, their values, what things are really important to them and what they really value doing in the workplace to help kind of guide them in where they want to go next with their job or career. And so I went through it as well. Um, I'd say that the values that are really important to me that guide me uh, are love, connection, um, variety and adventure, freedom, autonomy, and um, being you know kind and generous and, and helpful to others. Uh, those things are are all really important to me, and they kind of guide me into the work that I'm doing, where I get to connect with people on a regular basis, to exchange love in different ways. You know, a lot of times people think of love as just something you have with a romantic partner or a family member, but uh, you know, I believe that we can we can share love with all humans, right? Everybody in the world. I mean, you and I just having this respectful conversation uh, is is a form of love for me, but it's also a form of connection and building relationships. Um, and then finding ways to help others. Uh, and then for me also, you know, I mentioned discovering entrepreneurship and I know you run a bit, you know, run your own business as well. Um, I discovered that and was like, oh my God, this is for me. <laughs> I don't know why. And also at the same time, like, oh, you know, I've had so many different jobs and so many companies and I've always butted heads with my managers, my bosses, even when they've been good managers. And I was like, oh, because I really value autonomy and freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's not for everybody. But I just don't like having anybody else tell me what to do. <laughs> wow. 
it, it's it's funny because you and I really do share that. Yeah. You know, one of my one of the things that really drives my work is love and connection and mm. transformation. Hence yeah. our conversation today. And also just that whole idea of fulfillment right? yeah. in, in, in the work that I do. So, you know, one of the things that is clear to me, you know, having heard you express that is those values really permeate this, the book that you have written a, a couple mm. of years ago. And I'd like to just chat with you for a few moments about that. Would that be okay? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so here's what I really, so the, the title is own your career own your life, stop drifting and take control of your future. And that title alone really, really resonates with me. And then when I got into reading the book, I mean, there's just so much there. So first of all, it's extraordinarily practical and uh, which makes a big difference to me, right? I, I don't really resonate with a lot of theory necessarily. So having the practicality, but yeah. the message you know, I am, I consider myself to be extraordinarily fortunate that in one of the first professional roles that I ever had in my career, I had a mentor and she gave me a lot of the messages that come out in this book. But the primary message that she gave me is that I am responsible for my career mm. and everything that happens under the umbrella of my career is my responsibility and I own that. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, I was 24, 25 years old at the time. And, you know, I remember very distinctly thinking, what a mean spirited person. And with that, <laughs> you know, I felt like that was such a mean thing to say to somebody. Well, uh, yeah. you know, how, how is that? How is it possible that I have a disagreement with my boss about something and that I need to do something about that? It's right. not that I can control. And so I just felt like that was sort of a, a mean message, but you know, later in my career, I've come to see how true that actually is. So uh, two messages that really resonated with me here is taking that ownership. And then the, the mindset that you talk about. And, and one of the things that you mentioned in, in that space is life doesn't happen to me. Mm. It happens for me. Yep which really touches on this, I think, this topic of transformation. So I'm just wondering if you, if you wouldn't mind just opining on that for just a moment about what yeah. you mean by, you know, life happens for me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for bringing that up. And, uh, you know, my, I see myself as being on a mission to teach and inspire more people to take ownership of their careers and their lives. And, and that really means taking full responsibility for everything that is going on in your career. And certainly you need help from others along the way, manager, uh, et cetera, but nobody really cares more about your career than you do. So you've got to be the one to own it, to set your goals and put a plan together. And that's what that was all about. And then the second piece you mentioned, which comes from the chapter about mindset. And I talk a lot about taking an ownership mindset as well as developing a, a growth mindset. Uh, an ownership mindset means you, you take full responsibility and you focus on things that are in your control um, and try not to spend too much time and energy worrying about things that are outside of your control. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of things that are outside of our control, right? Politics, the world economy, the weather, um, you know, you name it, uh, other people, your boss, your colleagues, right? But what you can control is how you show up, how you interact with others, how you treat others, how you treat yourself. Uh, a lot of times how you spend your time and, uh, and, and how hard you work and the things you choose to do, all that sort of stuff. 
you have an opportunity to um, really focus on what's in your control and take responsibility there. And then a lot of things are going to happen along the way that are outside of our control, like we said. And there's a mindset shift you can make that made a big difference for me, which is exactly what you said, shifting from the idea that things in life happen to us, which essentially makes us a victim, right? We're just on the ride, uh, waiting for things to happen to us and just see what comes, good or bad, um, to the, the notion that life happens for us and everything in life happens for us. And that's, that's difficult for a lot of people because there are going to be many challenging things that happen that we wouldn't have chosen, right? That we wouldn't have wanted, whether it's people getting sick or uh, losing a job or a project getting canceled or a flight getting canceled or, uh, you know, someone spilling coffee on you. <laughs> like, who knows? Like, there's just all kinds of things happen in the world, right? And when you, when you make this shift, you go, okay, everything in life happens for me. Um, and to take it even further, everything in life is a blessing. Hmm. You start to look for opportunities. I'm a big fan of turning challenges into opportunities. And uh, if you are facing challenging situations, um, I have three questions I put in my book uh, that you can ask anytime you're facing a challenge. And, and one of my clients uh, and a member of my community told me she, she printed these out and put them on the monitor at her desk so she can use them anytime she faces the challenge, which I love. Um, the first one is, what's great about this? So like, what are the silver linings? You know, can you look for silver lines? Not every challenge has them, but some do. You know, I had a uh, another member of our community. We had a call today and I just, you know, called in her and said, hey, what's going on in your world? And she said, well, I just got laid off like half an hour ago. And she had a big smile on her face. Uh. <laughs> I went, wow, that's amazing. You seem pretty happy about it. She said, well, it, you know, it's not what I would have planned for, but I have been thinking about doing some traveling. I've never really taken time off in my career. And uh, maybe this is my opportunity. So can you, you know, look for an opportunity or, or look for the silver lines? The second question is, what can I learn from this? There's always lessons we can learn, especially from the mistakes we make. And the third question is, what does this make possible? And, uh, you know, for instance, with, with this person, Amanda, she gets laid off and it's unfortunate, but it makes possible for her, you know, maybe she's always wanted to go to Europe for a month and it would just never happen. As long as you have a job, you know, in the US, you never get more than you one or two weeks off at a time. Maybe this allows her to take a dream trip that she couldn't have ever taken before and then come back and get a job. Um, there's just so many possibilities that come from this. The other example I give, I think in the book was I was hosting a conference uh, that I had been planning with my friend Bennett Phillips back in 2019. It was planned for November 2019. And uh, there was a wildfire that year in uh, Sonoma County where we were hosting the, the conference. And uh, the wildfire came into town. The hotel was evacuated a week before the conference since so we were forced to reschedule this conference. And uh, it was a challenging situation, but we ended up rescheduling it for January. And we had uh, some new people buy tickets that never would have come. They weren't planning on coming in November, but they came to the rescheduled date. And some of those people ended up becoming clients, members of my community, good friends. Uh, and, and I never would have met them if it wasn't for that wildfire, right? And so sometimes these challenges, um, like, I mean, I just talk to people on a regular basis who have things that have improved in their work and their life because of the, the COVID pandemic and how things change, right? I mean, obviously... Many people got sick and lost their lives. A really challenging situation uh, three years ago in 2020. But you know, lots of people who have more flexibility in their work because you know before the pandemic, their company would never let them work from home, and now 
they get to do it on a regular basis, right? Like so many things have changed. I used to travel all the time to run in-person workshops. And since then I've been doing mostly virtual stuff and I'm home with my family most of the time, right? It's a, it's a blessing. And so we can look for these silver linings, these lessons and these opportunities that come from things and really start to ask this question more often, like what's great about this and, and how can I turn this challenge into an opportunity uh, and really live by the belief and the motto that life truly does happen for me and everything that happens is a blessing and an opportunity. Yeah. You know, I, I absolutely love that. And I'm going to adopt that as my mantra. Life <laughs> happens for me. I love, love that. And, you know, the, the, the challenge framework that you have suggested here, right? So whenever I'm experiencing a challenge, what's positive about this? Yeah. What opportunities does this present for me? And what can I learn that will help me going forward? And that feels like a really solid, uh, rational place to be when we're experiencing a lot of change. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And there's going to be some challenges that it will be hard to see. It will take time, but it's good to get in the habit of asking the questions when you face the little challenges like the spilled coffee, right? Or, um, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic or there is a traffic jam and you're late to a meeting. I don't know. Just try it on those little things. Yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but my experience is those are, that's the really tough part. Mm -hmm. and, you know, oftentimes the, the larger things, I, I mean, personally, I can deal with a lot better in a, and in a more fulsome way than I can sometimes the little kind of nitpicky things about somebody cuts you off in line, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I can't tell you how many times uh, I've been late to something because I ran into traffic and I, or, and I blamed that, right? Like, oh, I ran, sorry, I'm late. I ran into traffic. Well, you know, <laughs> taking personal responsibility, I could have left earlier, right? There's almost always traffic. Like I could have left 15 minutes earlier and accounted for that. Uh, so looking for new ways to take responsibility instead of blaming others and say, well, what could I really do to mitigate this and make sure that, you know, I'm on time or whatever it is. And, and I'm saying this is someone who is uh, habitually late to almost everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, listen, I really appreciate you joining us today. If you've mentioned a few times the community that you've created and, and if people would like to learn more about that, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, well, there's a few different things and places. I mean, first of all, I'm pretty active on social media. LinkedIn is the is the number one place. Uh, if you are thinking about finding ways to own your career and your life, uh, the book is available on Amazon, and I have some free resources on my website, including the uh, five steps to owning your career. If you just want a free PDF instead of reading the whole book, or uh, I think I also have the top five most common career mistakes that people make. Uh, that's all at ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. Uh, so if you go to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com and you click on bonus, uh, that's all right there. And then uh, if you happen to work in learning and development or talent development, I run a podcast and a membership community called the Talent Development Think Tank. Uh, that website is talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. Uh, we, uh, you know, I interview thought leaders, chief learning officers, heads of talent development uh, in that space. And we run a community where we host calls every Wednesday and we bring in guest speakers. We have open forum discussions, and it's really all about helping people in talent development become more effective in their jobs and, and more successful in their careers. 
Fantastic. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. What a powerful message. And really, uh, my gratitude to you for all of the work that you're doing in the community and trying to raise awareness, and particularly around people taking more ownership of their career and moving away from uh, being an observer to being an active participant in how they grow their life and career. Absolutely. Thank you, John, for having me on and giving me an opportunity to share. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll check in soon, Andy. Thank you very much. Sounds good. I so appreciate Andy's perspective and insights, and particularly our discussion about the role of values. I've had the pleasure of reading Andy's book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, and I was struck by the transformative power of mindset that he references in chapter 13. The mindset shift from life happens to me, I have no control, to life happens for me, I'm in control, is significant. He goes on to highlight a specific set of questions that can help with almost any challenge. Number one, what's great about this? Number two, what does this make possible? And number three, what can I learn from this so that I can improve next time? So approaching any challenge or difficulty or even a win or success from the perspective of life happens for me and I'm in control. And when there's a challenge coming up, just stopping for a moment and asking a few coaching questions of yourself can make a big difference. This is actually very, very simple, but as Andy mentioned in our conversation, it's rarely easy. I encourage you, if you haven't already, pick up a copy of Andy's book, take a read. I think in that you'll find many, many practical suggestions. So look for a couple of other suggestions coming on uh, the LinkedIn page for this site uh, pretty soon. And I will look forward to connecting with you next time when we will dive back into the power and the transformative nature of love. Have a great day.